guys, and welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Dogs. Appreciate you tuning in again. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed last week's episode. No, it was a little bit choppy. We'll get used to it. We'll get it down. We'll get the flow. Um, but we do appreciate everybody joining back in. We've got some fun stuff planned tonight. I'm going to talk a little bit of ADP on a few different wide receivers. We're going to talk some rookie rankings for some guys we like, guys we don't. I know Nick's a little lower on some guys. We're going to probably go back and forth on that. I'm ready and then for we, heat. <laughs> we're also going to talk ageism and dynasty, how it affects your rosters, who to buy, who to hold, who to sell, and how all that works. Um, but without further ado, I want to introduce my co-host. I'm Johnny, and we got Nick and Con. What's up, guys? How are we doing tonight? Doing good. Uh, ready to talk on these two ADPs of these two receivers I've been seeing go very close together in drafts. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So how about you, Con? What's up, everybody? Um, I did get my my microphone working now, so I'm going to sound a little hey, bit better hey. today. <laughs> yes, sir. And I'm excited to, you know, get, let's get into it. Let's just jump right in, guys. Awesome, All right. Awesome. Sounds good. So, um, yeah, the two guys I'm looking at here is Calvin Ridley and C.D. Lamb. Uh, these are the sleeper ADPs per as of August 1st. Um this is actually in Dynasty Superflex ADP. So they have Calvin Ridley has been going off at 34 and CD has been at 37. It's pretty close. I've seen CD over Lamb a few or CD over Ridley a few times. Um, so I was going to ask you guys, where do you stand on this? Who would you rather have at that spot? It's usually back of the third. Um, I think if you're giving it to me like in a vacuum and I'm a contending team, I think I would take Ridley this season because he's going to be the number one and that defense is terrible. So um, I, I would take Ridley and, you know, if I'm if I'm rebuilding, I would probably take CD just because he has the uh, the quarterback there that's a little bit younger. Dak, you know, to Matt Ryan, Dak is significantly younger. Um, so he'll be there with Dak for a little bit longer than Calvin will be there with Matt Ryan. And I think, uh, you know, you're just avoiding a little bit more turnover in the long term. But for this season, I'd have, I'd have Ridley and in the long term having a CD Lamb. Yeah, so I think this is an interesting topic because it kind of spills into what I want to talk about with ageism. You know, I think a guy like Calvin Ridley has been followed by few um, extensively, but it's starting to become more of a market player where a lot of people have become, you know, obviously a, a player finishes top five at their position. A lot of people are going to like him. Um, if you looked at his numbers previous to that, basically identical first rookie and sophomore season, 64 receptions, little over 820, 860 yards a second season. He really popped off year three because that, you know, obviously target amount went up to 143, 90 receptions over 1300 yards, nine touchdowns. Um, I love CD lamb. I love CD lamb coming out. He was my wide receiver one in the class last year. I felt like he was going to be the guy long-term, which was just going to be a monster. I, I think we had talked about it. I felt Justin Jefferson had the opportunity to have the better, the best year, just based on the opportunity based on, you know, him getting a higher target share, the volume he would receive because there wasn't a lot of competition outside of dealing. Um, but overall, I, I felt like CD long-term was the guy I'm going to go ahead and, and say I, I'm not drafting a wide receiver in round three regardless, just because I oh, always – Yeah, like it's it's quarterback or running back for me usually in the top four to five rounds. Um, I may mix it up sometimes and grab a tight end just because, you know, the premium settings. I know a lot of leagues we've been doing, we're, we're given an extra point for tight ends. So, you know, they are going to 
you know, garnish more value. Um, but with that said, I, I'm leaning Ridley, man. You know, I think, you know, he's, he's only 26. He came into the league, obviously a little bit older guys like him, Kenny Galladay, Terry McLaurin, you know, they started a little later. So people look at Ridley as kind of an older guy and in, in the dynasty sense, but you know, I'm not too worried about Matt Ryan. I think he's got another two, three years in him. That's going to be a high volume offense. You know, they may switch up their play style a little bit um, just based off of the new scheme. But at the same time, I, I still see Ridley getting 130, 140 targets. Um, you know, him and Kyle Pitts are going to eat. And that's another thing. They added Kyle Pitts to that offense. It wasn't like Julio leaving is going to just leave. Ridley on an island where guys are just coming after him. Um, I love CD. I just think he's going to underperform compared to where people see him. I don't think he's going to be an elite wide receiver one. Um, Amari Cooper's still really good. Michael Gallup is pretty damn good. Now, long term, yeah, I can understand the perspective. CD's going to be a top 10, top five wide receiver at some point in his career. I do agree with that, but I think Ridley's that now and he could still be that the next three years. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and lean Ridley. Yeah, that's understandable. I'm not trying to slight Calvin Ridley at all. I think Ridley's great, and he's yeah, he's not old. He's young. Uh, but I don't know. I was looking. I tweeted out the other day, actually, on the account. Dak, in the four games he was playing, and then, like, I think he played, what, a half of that Giants game, so I included yeah. that. He was, he was on pace for 804 pass attempts. He had 201 in the first four and a half games. It's insane. And during those games that CD was with him, mind you, it was his first four and a half games of his NFL career. The game probably wasn't slowed down for him yet. He was averaging 18.07 fantasy points per game. So I think that they can both be top 10 this year. I think they will both be top 10 this year. Ridley might finish a little higher as of this season, but if it's a dynasty draft and um, they're both sitting there, I'm going to take Lamb personally. No matter if I'm going to go for a first year rebuild or compete like a competing team, I'm totally fine with having CD Lamb on either. Well, so for sorry, Johnny, but no, um, good. for for the you know the pass attempts, if Dak is really going to get 804 pass, was on pace for 804 pass attempts, which he was, um, that would beat the NFL record by like 80 pass attempts, which was uh, Matt Ryan. I mean uh, Matt Stafford, who had 727 in 2013 2012 so i don't know if that's sustainable you know obviously the defense yeah. isn't good but dak just you know busted his ankle last year and they paid zeke a ton of money tony pollard is a good running back i think they're going to scale back the offense a little bit which is another reason why i have ridley over a cd this year yeah I, and i think they're gonna they're gonna they added units to that defense too right so they're going to try to be a better defense this season you know obviously they paid um was it demarcus lawrence the defensive end um for the cowboys uh i don't remember that but i know like trayvon diggs is coming back they just drafted jabril collex they drafted some other corners this year um i don't think uh, they drafted michael parsons also but um, I don't think it was – I think DeMarcus Lawrence got paid a little while ago. Yeah, DeMarcus Lawrence. That's what I was thinking of. I'm just saying, for example, he underperformed last year to his oh, standards. Yeah, for you sure. know what I mean? So yeah. the point being, I think they're going to have more of an emphasis on that defense this year, and they won't be as bad as they were. But the, the point I was going to make about pass attempts, because I do think that's a fair place to go with the conversation, if you look at Matt Ryan in his career, he's basically averaged over 600 pass attempts 
his entire career. I mean, last year he had, let's look at it, 626, the year before 616, year before that 608. So at the end of the day, he's going to pass the ball a ton. You know what I mean? Even if Dak passes the ball 650, 660 times, they're they're both going to be north of 600 most, most times. You know what I mean? And then you look at the Falcons, yeah, I understand that they're probably going to run the rock with Mike Davis because of that new scheme with Arthur Smith. I, I just don't see that they're going to become a centrally, you know, run based scheme. It's it's still going to be a lot of passing. So um, I understand it. I definitely can see where you're coming from. I have Ridley personally. He's ranked at um, five for me in my ranks. I have CD at nine. I felt like that was kind of generous. I, I, I actually have him ahead of Jefferson. Most people call me insane, but I, I just see Jefferson due for some regression this year. I don't think that he'll be um, ahead of CD long-term and, and that's just the way I see it. But, um, long story short, um, I get it. I just, I don't know that I could take CD over Ridley, man. No. Yeah. I mean, everyone has their opinions. Obviously I remember last year I traded you Jefferson for CD in a second in a, one of our leagues. Yeah. How are you feeling on that now? I love it. Cause I thought <laughs> CD had the chance to have the better long-term career as well. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, right? Like you look at those players and it's like, most people would probably say Jefferson over CD right now. Um, bias. Yep. Yeah. I mean, so the trade was, I got Jefferson in a second and you got CD is actually what it was. Okay. And that was Still before Je- that was before Jefferson took off. So, I mean, from your perspective, it's like, Oh yeah, I'll take CD. Then ended up, you know, obviously that goes down. Jefferson has an all time year. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I mean, it's tough, right? Because if you have, Jefferson and CD on the board. Yeah. Most people are going to probably take Jefferson, but a lot of guys I know would probably trade Jefferson for CD in a piece. You know, if you can get a second on top of him, you're probably doing it. Cause talent wise, I mean, I may be biased cause I had him as my one. I, I do. I do like CD more than Jefferson. I, I think he has a, a more sustainable long-term outlook with Dak and that offense. And I don't know, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just biased. I, I do love, I do love my boy. Uh, and he played for Oklahoma too. So, you know, that helps. Yeah, they're just, both just studs like, at the end of the day. So. Yeah, just, just to jump in, I thought it was so funny to pe- to hear people say Justin Jefferson was only a slot wideout because he played next yeah. to Jamar Chase and Terrace Marshall. Like that was one of the worst takes of uh of like rookie draft season last year, and and it was man, that's so funny. Also, real quick before we get into the next topic, if you are one of those people that's watching all these videos, yeah, sure they're great, but people that are reacting to camp news. Just remember last August, literally 365 days ago, Justin Jefferson was running with the twos. Yeah. And I know a lot of you guys faded him because, oh, he's not going to start. Oh, this is so bad. Let camp play out. Trust your gut. Trust your rankings. And just don't buy into this camp. Hype, yeah, man. Like all that. Like, please. 100%, man. Bro, I think- it was 22nd overall a- pick. I think he was. Yeah. And people were just like, oh, he's running with the twos. He's not good. Bro, he got <laughs> drafted in the first round. Like, like seriously, like, like, listen to yourself. Well, it's funny because I think at one point, I may be wrong. I thought there was a report that he was running with the threes at one point. I may be wrong, but I, I thought I remember there was just, there was a report and people freaked out over it, right? They were like, what do you mean he's not running with the ones? And they were, you know, so concerned. And it's funny, I'm a Jalen Rager truther. You know what I mean? I was super high on him last year. All the reports coming out of camp is that he couldn't be guarded. He was an animal. He was a beast. He was this, he was that. And guess what ended up happening? He had a really shitty rookie year and Justin Jefferson ends up setting all these records. So at the end of the day, it's like Nikki said, you know, you got to have a process and you got to stick to that conviction because emotions is the quickest way to destroy a dynasty team. 
you will make emotional trades. You'll react to every piece of news. You know, I respect a lot of people that are on, on Twitter that take the time to drive in real content and do the research, but I'm always going to come back at you if I don't agree with your take. And there's a guy on there, uh, Frank Amoretti, I think is uh, how you pronounce his last name. Awesome dude produces awesome content. Give him a follow guys. Um, him and I will go back and forth. And, you know, he made a comment the other day, basically that he, responds dramatically to news that comes out with players. And he was talking about Jonathan Taylor about, you know, uh, losing Carson Wentz, losing uh, um, Nelson. I understand the perspective that you don't want to dig into takes and have take lock. But at the same time, when you got a player that by week seven, week eight, week nine, week 10, those are going to be resolved. We're talking about, we want these guys for the playoffs. Listen, we want to help you draft a team that week 14, 15, 16 is dominating. That's what matters. Once you get into the playoffs, it all bets are off. So for me, Yes, I will react to news, but at the same time, I'm not reacting at the drop of a hat. If I have a guy ranked first overall, I'm not dropping him to seven or eight because their left guard and their quarterback got hurt for the first three or four weeks. So anyway, that's just my perspective. I'm not crapping on Frank. He's awesome. Like I said, great content. It's just, you know, conversations like that where it makes me relook at my own process and say, you can't be that reactionary because things are going to happen. You got to be fluid, but you also got to stick to your process. Yeah. So do you want to get on to the ageism you were going to talk about? Yeah, absolutely, man. So Nikki and I actually had a really cool conversation the other night. We were talking through basically, you know, how we look at these guys and how we rank them. And, you know, I'm not going to give everybody my rankings just yet. You know, we still got that coming out, but I do have guys like Hopkins and Adams and Michael Thomas actually ranked above CD and Jefferson and Terry and, and some guys like Jamar Chase that others would call me crazy. But for me, I look at it like this, right? You have players that they've done it. They're going to continue to do it. And you got to look at their situation. Who's their offensive play caller? You know, do they have the same scheme intact? Who's their quarterback? What's their long-term longevity look like? I get guys like Michael Thomas, just question marks. They're elite talents. For me, it's very hard to fade a guy that's 27, 28, 29 for a guy that's 21 or 22 that could become what that talent already is. Now, I understand people last year talked about Mike Evans and CD lamb and that argument. And I get it. And I shifted. It took me, you know, a couple of weeks and I finally came to that place. But I think a lot of times people are so quick to dump a guy like a Devonte Adams, because they're afraid that that drop off is going to happen. You're going to lose that value too quickly. But when you sell an elite player below their value and below what their production will give you, what you're doing is you're creating a divide on your team and, and you can't really catch up with that unless those other players hit. And even if they do, you could have got more in trades Then you're giving away free value. And when you do that, you create a disadvantage for yourself. So um, I definitely want to hear what you guys have to say. I don't want to ramble on about it, but I, I'm very passionate about this. I do like young wide receivers, but I also like elite talents. Yeah. So like you were saying, especially with running backs, I was I was super guilty of this last year with Derrick Henry where <laughs> I um I, I was really like hesitant to, to draft him even like the mid late second round because you know I was like oh my god this guy's 26 he's such a physical runner how much longer is he gonna be able to keep you know 300 carries up and all that stuff and it you know he's an elite talent like you said Johnny so that yeah. stuff did not matter and he's uh you know he's coming back again this year and he's looking to repeat as like what a top 5 back for the third year in a row yeah so um you know guys like that you know there's discounts on like Christian McCaffrey in, in at least the leagues that I that I'm in one league I acquired McCaffrey for like i think it was <laughs> That's i think it was ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> i think it was two firsts two seconds mims and uh something else but like 
you know, McCaffrey, when he's healthy, even last year, he's giving you points per game that equates the two players. So, oh, yeah. like, uh, like a McCaffrey and Aaron Jones, a Derrick Henry, et cetera, all those guys, those guys are getting moved for cheap in a lot of leagues that I'm in. And it, it really is astonishing to me. One guy in a league, he dealt like Jerry Judy in a first for Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, granted, you could, you could, you know, oh, I really like Jerry Judy or you don't like Jerry Judy, regardless of that fact. You got a solidified running back one for a first. That's not going to help you this year. And then, uh, you know, a uh, wide receiver two, three, whatever it is. So, you know, those guys always get put on the, uh, what is it, like the uh, the discount rack. And, you know, you could just pick them up, give you solid production, take your team to a chip. Yeah, if you're contending, there's also like, you got to know, if you have an old player, like in one league, I have Henry and I am a contender. And like, yeah, I could probably get more value for him now than I would next season, but I'm contending. So I don't want to move him for a younger guy that's not going to produce and hurt my chances of a championship. But there's one league actually where I'm moving into a rebuild for one year or two. And actually, I moved Dalvin Cook and Devontae Adams in the same trade and I felt like I was getting fair return for it though. I moved Adams cook and miles Sanders for Austin Eckler, Cortland Sutton, CD lamb and two firsts. So if you're going to sell top tier guys, you know, the, the top two running back and receiver, I just moved right there. Don't sell them cheap, get the max value. You can chop them around the league to contenders or people that are trying to beef up their team and uh, try and get the most you can for them. One yeah. thing like uh, that I didn't really do a lot last year is I had somebody like hit me up on a player and then I just kind of like dealt with them until we reached the deal. And then I was like, you know, God damn it. I could have got an extra two or like this or that if I just hit somebody else up. Yeah. Um. So but getting back into the uh, the age thing with players. Um, Johnny, do you have something you want to say about that? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to make a few points. Uh, so first off, that trade you made was two first and three seconds. And I think another small piece for C-Mac, absolute steal. Because um, those you. two firsts ended up being late. So piss me off, but it's all right. Um, <laughs> I do want to talk about Derrick Henry, though. A lot of people have misconceived notions on him. His first three years in the in the league, he didn't have a lot of carries. Year one, 110. Year two, 176. Year three, 215. In my personal opinion, I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert, but I do believe that that will take time from the beginning of his career and add it on to the end of his career because he didn't have this insane workload his first three seasons. Year Now, year four, obviously, 303 carries. Year, uh, year five, he had the 378. So obviously a monster season. But if you remember that third year, he didn't come on until the end of that season. It was like the last seven, eight games that he did everything that he did. So that was when they know, replaced Mariota, right? I believe so. Uh, no, I think that was when, um, uh, what's his name, was playing running back there as well. Uh, Mur- Mur- I think DeMarco it was Murray. Murray. Yeah, DeMarco Murray. And then he ended up taking over for him or whatever it was. Okay, okay, gotcha. But point being, those years are kind of ended on to, added on to the end. But when it comes to a guy like Derrick Henry, you're probably not going to get the type of return that's going to give right. you the same type of production he's going to put up. It's like an Adam Thielen, for example. No one wants to trade a first for Adam Thielen, but at the end of the day, Adam Thielen's probably going to be a top 10 wide receiver again. And 
I understand it because the guy's a little bit older. What is his production going to look like in two, three years? Is it going to fall off? At the end of the day, sometimes it makes more sense to hold a guy like Julio Jones or Adam Thielen or Mike Evans because those guys are just going to produce. They're not going to return the same type of value on the market because people don't want to pay for that. Now you you got to let some, them just die out on your team sometimes. Yeah, you ride. It's like uh, Ray Q, GQ always says, you know, I'm going to ride King Henry to the end. I'm not trading this guy because <laughs> at the end of the day, unless you're going to give me three firsts and, a, and like a piece or like a Travis Etienne and like two firsts or you know, I mean like a good young running back and like multiple first round picks, why are you trading the guy? So, you know, when it comes to aged wide receivers specifically, I think it's an interesting narrative because everybody always wants the shiny new toy. Running backs, I get it. Once a guy hits 25, 26, I do think that's kind of the cutoff and you should be looking to sell for that majority of value. Cause I'd rather sell a little early on an elite running back, not a Derrick Henry. We're talking just in general, you know, because once that fall off happens, we've seen what it looks like for a guy like, um, you know, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, you know, even James Conner. I mean, he had that one year, he's not older, but just point being, if you miss out on that window with a running back, the drop-off is vicious and it hurts. Yeah. Um, but yeah. with wide receivers, I think it's a little bit different. And I think the bias is just, it's crazy. Con, go ahead. Um, so like you were talking about with Thielen, in a league that we're both in, he got dealt for, uh, he got Thielen and Fuller for um, a first and two thirds. Yeah. So, you know, uh, this guy who who sent the first and the two thirds, he has a win now roster and he needed the wide receiver depth. So, you know, he went all in for it. And Thielen, Thielen was inconsistent when Jefferson kind of, you know, took over the same amount of target share that he did. But he had a couple games where he had 20-plus points. I think he had a eight out of the last eight weeks. I think he had four games of 20-plus points. So, you know, Thielen is not just some throwaway. People, you know, he still has value. And I tried to get that guy. I tried to get Thielen in that league where that guy was in, and he just outbid me. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough, too, because he's 30 years old. I get it. You know what I mean? But he was a top 10 wide receiver last year. If you play in standard leagues, he was top seven. You know, a year before he was hurt, but on a point per game basis, he still was solid. And then the two years prior to that, he was top 10. So, you know, you have a guy three out of the last four years was a top 10 guy. He missed quite a few games in 2019. So I understand it. But again, this is another example of a player that's going to serve more value on your team versus dumping off on him. And, and the reason we're really talking about this is because I was doing my dynasty rankings and I was really looking at things objectively. And I saw, you know, I have guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, even Stefan Diggs. I mean, he's my wide receiver for in dynasty. You know what I mean? I, I understand people will look at guys like Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Jamar Chase, and they'll have them in their top five to seven. I'm not going to hate you for it, but I'm also just not able to do that because you're looking for those guys to do what the guys you're putting ahead of them are already doing and will continue to do for the next two to three years. And, you know, someone like DeAndre Hopkins specifically, yeah, he's 29. He's also tied to one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL and, and you know, quite honestly could play another four or five years at a pretty similar level to where he's at now because he's not predicated on pure speed. He's an elite route runner. He has great hands. And he's a guy like Antonio Brown who could play later in his career because his skill set works well with a guy that's not going to matter that much if he loses a little bit of a step you know, here or there, a little bit of his jump ball abilities. He's just an elite wide receiver. Yeah, Antonio Brown, that's another example of someone who honestly is probably a better buy than Thielen because Thielen – if you really have to give up a first, I don't love him. I don't think he's top 10 this year. I think he's more in the 15 to 20 range, maybe. But Antonio Brown, if you can go move a second, like I said last time for him, 
it's so much better than moving a first for Thielen. Yeah, AB has the upside to like finish over Thielen as well. If anything does happen to Evans or Godwin, which we don't like to say, but he, you're realistically looking at the top 15 guy and you got him for a second round pick, or you can get Thielen who you're hoping to be top 20 for a first, which is, you know, I think you might be better off on the lower value. It's funny because I feel like I'm right in between both you guys on feeling. Like, I don't think he's top 10, but I think if he doesn't give you a top, like, 16, like, like, he's a lock for, like, 11 to 15. That, in my opinion. You know, if he's if he's a mid-wide receiver to a back-end wide receiver to, I'd be pretty shocked. But, um, I, you know, Antonio Brown, I told you, Nick, is one of my favorite buys. And, um, you know... I think that is a better option than giving a one for Thielen, but if the the AB owner is not budging, I mean, you know, if if that's what I have to, if that's, oh, damn it. if that's what I have to do to get Thielen, you know, maybe I can get um, Thielen and a three for you know that first round pick. Yeah, that's not the worst either. How about you, Johnny? What do you think? Yeah, for Thielen, I mean, it's not sexy, right? Like no one wants to pay a first for Adam Thielen, but if I'm a competing roster and I have a team that's you know, in a position to win. And you're telling me that a first round pick is what's separating me from a wide receiver too, you know, where he's going to have weeks that are wide receiver one weeks. Yeah. I'm paying that. I mean, I, I don't think that's crazy. Yeah. I get he's 30 years old, but you also have to understand the main goal we have in dynasty is to win. It's not to build these really sexy rosters with young names that look really cool. And, you know, like, I think a lot of people get caught up in that. Like you look at these people on Twitter and it's like, yo, look at this lineup and they're roster baiting. And it's like, yeah, I get it. It's a really nice looking roster, but is it going to win? Is it going to perform? I watch people that used to win with the worst teams in the entire world. There's this guy we used to work with. His name is Ken Weinman. He'd beat you with Danny Woodhead in the championship and, and smile while he did it. And he played the wire all year. He made crafty little trades. It wasn't that he always had the top players. It was that he understood value in PPR. He understood how to build a team that was balanced and he knew how to play the wire appropriately. He took pride in it. and a lot of people don't do that nowadays as a gm it's like you want to build these sexy rosters that are always two three years away and most leagues don't last two three years so you're building these dynasty teams that you just don't ever really get to see them fully explode and i just um to me personally it's about winning and if if you're going to trade a first round pick for an adam Thielen, yeah maybe it's better serve for a different player I'm, I, we're just using him as an example guys i'm not saying you had to do that yeah. i'm just making that point um i I'm doing it, you know, if it means I'm going to have a better chance at a championship. Go ahead, Con. Oh, I, I was I was just going to say, like, uh, if anybody else has anything, because I, I agree with what you're saying, Johnny. And uh, if not, then we can move on to uh, what we got lined up now for our last segment. Yeah, go ahead, man. Take us off. All right. So um, what we got next up is uh, we're talking about some rookie rankings. Uh, you know, every position we're going to cover it all. So. Um, I'll start with wide receivers because I know we all are opinionated on different guys. So um, I got right now Jamar Chase at my one, Bateman at my two. Then I got Elijah Moore at my three, Terrace Marshall at my four, Devontae Smith at my five, which I know Johnny's going to hate me for. Jesus, man. Um, <laughs> then I got Waddle at six. I got Amari Rogers at seven, Nico Collins at eight. Amon Ross St. Brown at nine and Kadarius Tony at 10. Damn, you buried our boy, man. Disrespect. You, oh my God. No, I've been called I'm... the New York Giants attorney. I got to get on you now. <laughs> the defense I know, attorney. I know. 
So, so, so let me just, you know, try to talk a little bit of sense into it. So I think that Tony, oh, you know what I just realized? I left off Rondell Moore here. That's not good. You did that on purpose, you asshole. Nah, I I wanted to see if you did that on purpose. um, I was sitting here wondering what was going on. No, no, no. I, I'm going to have, I have Rondell Moore at six behind a Terrace Marshall. So bump, you know, waddle down to seven, Amari to eight. Amon Ross St. Brown to nine, Nico Collins 10, Kadarius 11. So just to get into, <laughs> to get into Kadarius, you know, like I think, I think we all think he's a good player and I do think he's a good player, but I do think he's more, he's more gadget than like outside guy who's going to command targets. Um, especially if Sterling, if Sterling Shepard has a good year, he'll be there past this season, maybe, maybe even t- uh, next season, season after that. So you never, I don't know if there's a very, very clear role that Tony's going to have carved out for him anytime soon. Like, um, like for example, let's say like a Terrace Marshall, Robbie Anderson has one year left on his contract after this one. And they invested, you know, just like the Giants invested high to Tony, they invested a good pick into Terrace Marshall and he slid because of that foot injury. But I think those guys like a Terrace Marshall, like a Waddle, like a uh, like a Rondell, those guys are more talented than Tony. And I hate to rag on him so much because he's a giant and he's gonna be my guy on Sundays. But I don't see the uh, the ceiling for him as a uh, as a fantasy option. Yeah. Okay, Johnny, you want to get into your? Yeah, uh, Johnny has a ranking? face on right now. <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, yeah. So for me, when it comes to wide receivers, I look for a couple of things specifically. Um, you know, I, I like guys that can play football and guys that are extremely athletic. And I think when you look at the wide receivers this year, guys like Rondell Moore and Jamar Chase, they fall in that category. So for my rankings, I have Jamar Chase, number one, B Rondell Moore at number two, <laughs> got Devonte so Smith at three. Rashad Bateman at four. Wow, wow, I know you love Bateman, bro. I'm surprised you put him at four. Yeah, yeah, I got him. I got. I, I struggled between him and Waddle. I got Waddle at five. Um, I am really big on two, and I, I think the biggest thing with me with Waddle, and honestly, it's it's not really a a, a true concern long term. It's just his ankle and how much it'll affect him this season. Yeah. Um, you know, he fell in practice on that jump ball last week and, you know, they said, you know, his ankle was a little messed up. I don't know if it was the same one. I couldn't get any information, but you know, I, I think I'm just a little hesitant on him this season for that. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you guys, depending on how healthy he is, he may shoot up my board a lot higher. Yeah. Um, I think where Devonte Smith, Rashad Bateman, um, and Rondell Moore went their situations just solidified where I had them because skill set wise, I, I think Rondell Moore is a much better receiver than people understand. Um, he kind of is like a running back when he gets the ball in his hands too. So I think in the open field, he's just, he's a monster. And, and with that offense, the way they are going to play and have 90 plus plays from scrimmage every single game, there's a ton of opportunity. You're playing next to DeAndre Hopkins, man. There's no no chance you can't be better than, than the guy, you know, on another team because you're playing with a Hall of Famer. Um, but anyway, I got got Waddle at uh, I got Jamar at one, Rondell at two, Smith at three, Bateman at four, Waddle at five. I got Elijah Moore at six, um, Terrace Marshall at seven, uh, Kadarius Tony at eight, Amari Rogers nine, Nico at ten. Uh, Amran Ross, same Brown at 11. <laughs> and I think this is honestly really cool because when you look at these rankings, you can say, oh, it's crazy. You have Elijah Moore solo or Terrace Marshall solo. It's a pretty good class of wide receivers when it comes to yeah. prospects. You know what I mean? I understand I have Rondell higher than probably most people will. 
And that's fine. He's one of my guys I'm riding with him. I, I believe he has a skill and the ability to do it. We talked about it last time, you know, with the high floor. Um, but we, we have been really blessed the last couple of years with some incredible classes of wide receivers that have come out. And I think we have another one that quite honestly, Bateman, Smith, Chase, they all have an opportunity to be the wide receiver one on their team. You know, Rondell Moore, Elijah Moore, Terrace Marshall, I don't see them being able to do that just based off of, you know, who they're playing with. But I do think they can be extremely productive and good wide receivers. I just look at, you know, you have these guys that legitimately could be the, the alpha on their team. Um, it's exciting. You know, you don't get that every single year. And I feel like the last few, we, we've been blessed with it. And we got another one this year. So I think all these guys can be really good. But um, some controversial rankings for you guys there. Johnny, can I just ask you um, a question real quick? Yeah. It, it was going to be about um, Jalen Waddle and you, mm-hmm. how you have him low right now. So mm-hmm. do, you, are, do you have him lower right now because you see it as like a buying window? And then, or I mean, uh, not not right now, but in the, le- in the next coming weeks, it could be a buying window because he's dealing with, you know, supposed ankle issues. And let's say he gets off to a slow start. There's a, you know, he could go for like, uh, let's say a two next year or something like that. Like, is that, is that what you're, uh, you're inferring? Yeah. So it's funny you say that, you know, and it sucks. Now we have a podcast. I have rankings. I can't really hide behind my takes anymore. You know, I used to kind of keep stuff to myself. I personally have Waddle as a huge buy right now. I know I have him ranked a little bit lower, so I don't want anyone to think I'm contradicting that. Um, it, it was similar to me last year with AJ Brown. He had the knee issues. No one really knew what was going on. The whole team had COVID. They weren't playing for four or five weeks. I use that as a, as a chance to buy a ton of AJ Brown shares. And I was successful in that. Um, when there's a position for a player where it's unknown, probably 80% of dynasty players are going to get emotional about it. And, and they're willing to sell low. Now don't be the asshole when Cam Akers tears his Achilles and send a, and send a, a third or a second immediately after you have to be strategic about it. But yeah, Jalen Waddle's a hundred percent, a guy that if you can get him um, for less than a first, I'm all over it. I'd probably pay a first for him if I knew it was going to be a little bit later. Cause I do believe in the talent. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's a huge buy and I, and I don't see why anybody would look at his situation and a player like Tua and not say, yeah, I want to buy that. Um, so yeah, hundred percent, man, that, that, that aligns perfectly with where I'm at with him. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm that guy, honestly, I don't know. It's not <laughs> the emotional I... guy. No, 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 no. I'm the guy that doesn't want Jalen model on his roster. So I'm not saying, <laughs> let me go since let me check who you, where you got him. <laughs> I've never got him. I never drafted him and never did anything. I'm not against Waddle as a talent. I'm against that he is now, what is it, nine or 10 months removed from his surgery, still not 100%. And you look at that offense, you have Will Fuller suspended for two games, and his whole career has been based off injuries. You got Devontae Parker, who's now in camp, injured, and you got to hope that Tua stays healthy as well because he had that one big injury. You never know. But I'm just someone that's off bottle. I'm not going to say... He's not a buy. I'm not going to say he's a sell either. I've never had him. I don't want to have him. That's all. And it could easily come back to bite me. He's my wide receiver seven right now. I'll explain. I'll I'll give you guys the rest of the rank. I know I'm going to catch heat on that, but (laughs) I got Jamar Chase at one. Now, this is dynasty rankings, not for this season. I do think T. Higgins will outscore Jamar Chase this year in Cincinnati. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. They're both going to be great. Yeah. Rashad Bateman at two. Love his talent. He's such a great receiver. He's pure. I saw him burning uh, Marlon Humphreys the other day in camp. 
That was mm-hmm. nasty. We got a Devonta Smith at three. You know, he's got the injury clouded around him right now. But again, it's dynasty rankings. And if, you know, there's this Watson news now. Oh, he's going to go to Philly. First, if he does, as a Giants fan, I'm going to hate it. But, you know, that would boost Devonta Smith possibly to the number two on my rankings. You never know. And then at four, I have Elijah Moore. I love Elijah Moore's talent. I think he's going to be a stud. Johnny's laughing over there. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I just, I mean, I'm just thinking about the Giants passing on all the guys you're saying and getting a little It hurts, right? Doesn't it? It hurts. Listen, I like, I like Tony, but yeah, just the fact that Rondell, Bateman and and Moore were there. I just, it, it, it's very difficult. Keep going. Sorry, Nikki. No, you're good. It, It is. So then I have Rondell Moore at five. You know, Johnny's much higher on Rondell Moore than I am, but. I still think he'll be great. And now you got AJ Green's dealing with an injury, which Cliff Kingsbury won't even tell us what it is because he doesn't have to for the next three weeks. You got Terrence Marshall at my sixth spot. I think he's going to be great. I think he has a chance to come in the back half of this year and really produce and show out. So I think buying him now while he's pretty cheap because he's got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson in front of him, new quarterback and Sam Darnold, it's shaky. I would go buy him now. He's my buy from this list. And then you got Waddle at seven, of course. So I have Tony at eight, probably because that's like a Homer ranking, I'm going to say. But I, I really hope the kid does well. He has great tape from college. I hope Jason Garrett can use him well. You know, Khan doesn't want to hear that. That's, name, so that's coach to you, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I don't know where people are buying Terrace Marshall low right now. I'm going to be honest with you. I think I think that yeah. window has has gone. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm not saying you have to pay a first for the guy. Maybe no, you do. You don't. I don't. You know what That's I mean? What I, I mean, but I mean, at the end of the day, I, I you know, I asked Tom what he wanted for me and, and he told me to stick, a, put a stick up my ass. You know what I mean? Like he wouldn't even he wouldn't even like talk. It was it was absurd. So you do have some people that legitimately are high enough on the guy that they have him ranked in their top three. And I think Khan, you said you had him at four. So, I mean, he's a player that unfortunately, because of the, the reports coming out now, it's, you know, it's hard to get him for that low, low price, but you theoretically are still buying low, right? If we all believe in the talent and the situation, you know what I mean? A year from now, you're paying what a first plus, you know what I mean? Versus now, if you can get them for maybe two seconds or, you know, Amari Rogers and you're throwing in a second, you know what I mean? Something like that. It's, it's, it's a, it's a much easier way to, to appease the fact that, you know, it's like last year, Antonio Gibson, right? You're paying a second for him now. I mean, I'm not selling him for less than three first. Yeah. No. Yeah, for sure. I didn't mean that he's like, you know, very cheap right now. You get him for pennies, but what he is now compared to what he will be, if he does take that, second half of the year leap like a lot of rookie receivers tend to do it's not even close so then I have I finish off my list with Nico Collins at nine we've talked about him last episode love him Amari Rogers at 10 and St. Brown at 11 I don't see but um um, oh sorry no you're good I was gonna say so I think we should do one one position each week for the next few podcasts because it's gonna take a little bit of time yeah, we did have a few sure. questions to answer from Twitter. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, you know, we want to obviously dig into each position and give people the opportunity to listen to to kind of our, you know, our take on each guy. And, you know, we don't want to rush through it. We also don't want you guys sitting here for an hour and a half. You know, we're not that interesting <laughs> to listen to. So <laughs> I know I wouldn't listen to me for that long, so I don't expect anybody else to. Um, but, yeah, Nikki, let's let's jump on to those, uh, those um, pod questions. What do we got? Wait, 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 can I go real quick? I just want to say, 
Yeah. Um, last summer, I shot my shot and I sent Le'Veon Bell a first and a second for Antonio Gibson. And I knew I overpaid when I did that. And Johnny was like, yo, you're you're retarded, blah, blah, blah. And this guy who I dealt with, he took me to the cleaners that day. Usually, I could get Antonio Gibson for a two and Le'Veon Bell, but he was not giving me Gibson for that. So I was like, you know what, whatever. Gibson is my guy. And now... Who was that trade team, with again? Um, Joel Glotfelty in, uh, in uh, what, the Gridiron Gang. Oh, that was that league. My team was yeah, was yeah, godly. Yeah, I think was... I took over now though. I have a, uh, I have Camara, uh, DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson, Miles Sanders, AJ Brown, DJ Chark, Allen Robinson, Noah Fant, um, Brady, and uh, Joe Burrow. Yeah, I have a good team. Nice little squad day. Yeah, not too not bad. bad. You're not, not complaining bad. about that one. <laughs> yeah. All right, Nikki, take us on to the uh, tw- Twitter questions. Yeah, so the first question was from Mike O, and he said, favorite late-round late, late round QB in redraft. What do you guys think? Who's your favorite target right now? If you're going late-round QB, I mean, I don't know if he's talking – if you're talking super flex, Mike, I mean, obviously, you know, you're, you're playing a, a sketchy game. I mean, honestly, guys like Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, you know, they're they're – High end uh, QB twos. Some weeks they're going to have those QB ones, especially Kirk Cousins. I mean, he's he's pretty underrated um, long term. In in dynasty, I don't love him because you just don't know what it's going to look like. But from a redraft standpoint, I think he's a great late round target. You know, if you want to load up on running backs and wide receivers early on, he's a guy you're probably getting in like the seventh eighth round, depending on the format, depending on the league. Again, if it's single quarterback. I don't do single quarterback leagues, but if I am, I'm not drafting one to like the ninth or the 10th round. They just don't hold yeah. a ton of value in most single quarterback leagues. It's like four or five points per touchdown. You know what I mean? So they're just not as valuable. And I'd much rather, a, you know, a rookie wide receiver like an Elijah Moore or a Rashad Bateman versus, you know, taking a, a, a higher QB and, you know, Tom Brady, these other guys, you know, they're just they're going to produce it. Top 10 clips. You know, that's just kind of what they do. So that's that's where I'm at. You know, I think Carr and Cousins are great, great targets for super flex and for um uh single qb for, yeah i like for, that so um f- oh sorry go ahead no you're good um uh, i was gonna say so uh, sam darnold is my choice he has an adp of 97 right now in redraft ppr so it's about at the eighth round um yeah sure he's un you know he hasn't been in this offense yet and he was dealing with adam gase for the last few years but I mean, look at the what he has. He has Christian McCaffrey. Can he get a lot of dump offs? Turn them into touchdowns. He's got DJ Moore, who I think I know. Me and Johnny definitely see the touchdowns coming in finally that yeah, we've been waiting. They're for. coming, guys. They're coming. They are. Yeah. And he's gonna be scary. And then you know Robbie Anderson, Terrence Marshall. So not a bad target. What about you, Colin? Um, what I was gonna say is that I think that from let's say about like quarterback 10 to like quarterback 1920 is such a small gap that I don't really care specifically to to take one of those guys in like the, the ninth 10th round what I rather look at is somebody down the line who similar to how Justin Herbert was like a top five or six quarterback from like weeks four to 18 obviously that's a complete outlier season but if you could get somebody like a justin fields who i really like near like maybe maybe the last uh like fourth to last round like that's somebody who i would really be looking at i think that he has a legitimate shot 
if not week one, to uh, to get that starting job by week three, four. Because let's be honest, Andy Dalton, we know who he is, and he's just not that guy. Um, and Fields fits the fits the Konami code perfect. You know, he I don't check. Remember, remind me if I'm wrong, but didn't he not run the forty because he didn't want to like be timed? Uh, and have like a move to a different position or something like that, or was yeah, that and he else? ended up running it privately, and I think he ran a four four. Like, yeah, so <laughs> guys, really so freaking like, fast, bro. Man. Not not even like straight line speed, bro. Justin Fields is dynamic with the ball, like just just the way that we saw Lamar Jackson. Obviously, nobody's Lamar Jackson in terms of you know shiftiness and all that, but Fields is probably like the second up, uh, right behind Lamar Jackson. And great throw of the football. I, I don't think anybody here is in the camp that like fields his quarterback four or anything like that. So um uh, he's my QB one A. Oh one B one B one B one B one B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he's getting Alan Robinson, he's getting Darnell Mooney, he's getting David Montgomery, he's getting an improved line, he's getting Matt Nagy, who's a Twitter darling in terms of, you know, play calling and head coach. So I'm really in on Justin Fields this year. And uh just like Johnny, he's my he's my quarterback too for Dynasty. Nice, nice. Okay. So the next question is from Fantasy Football. It's would you rather have Allen Robinson or Mike Evans for the remainder of their careers? You can go first, right. Johnny. Yeah. So it's an interesting question. My boy Marco, thank you for tuning in, brother. We appreciate you. Um, so with Mike Evans and and A Rob, same age virtually, right? Both 27. Um, Evans has been pretty consistent his entire career. I mean, he's been a thousand yard receiver since he came into the league, which is pretty unheard of. Right. Um, he's only missed like four games, I think in his whole career, five games, you know, and it's tough, right? Because when you look at a Rob, I think long-term he's attached to the younger QB, you know, so he has a guy like Justin Fields that, you know, presumably if he's in Chicago for the rest of his career, he'll have him. If he leaves, then he gets to pick his destination. So you'd imagine he'd go to a better place or maybe he, you know, decides to go somewhere where there's a little bit more of a crowded room and he wants to go win a Super Bowl. Who knows? But at the end of the day, I, I think Mike Evans is the kind of guy that's probably going to win you more weeks, but he's going to have a much lower floor. A Rob's the kind of guy that every single week you can kind of pencil him in for 15, 16, 17 points. You kind of know what he's going to be. He's not going to have the crazy blow up weeks where he puts up the 40 points like Mike Evans will because he's just. You know, he's attached to Brady. He's going to have those weeks where he scores three touchdowns and he has 40 points. Um, I I think from a dynasty perspective, I do lean a Rob, but at the same time, I think Mike Evans is super undervalued and and he's one of those guys that he's always going to produce. He's always going to have, you know, games where he's going to put up big numbers, but you know, when he puts up two, three points on those weeks where you really need him, it it kind of sours you to him. So, um, in, 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 um, conclusion though, I, I, I do lean a Rob. Yeah, me too. I definitely lean Allen Robinson. I mean, Mike Evans is great, very consistent. I think both of them are. Robinson's been like a perennial wide receiver one, basically since his return from the injury of the ACL. I mean, and now you finally got him a quarterback, right, in fields. Now, it. I think it depends really, Robinson. we No one knows, but I think if fields has a solid year and Robinson has a solid year with him, I see him staying in Chicago most likely, but you know that if not he'll go somewhere with a good quarterback so i think for the rest of his career you're going to have allen robinson at his best with probably in some of the best situations he's had for his career so that's why i'd lean robinson you know you're always going to get a top 10 top 12 what at the worst top 15 guy mm-hmm. and he was the nine last year with that disaster so yeah 
that's my choice. How about you, Con? Yeah, I feel bad that this is kind of a clean sweep because I think it, it's really a, a closer discussion than what we've made it. Um, although I would take a Rob, you know, I don't like if you ask, you know, three people generally speaking, who would you take? I don't think all three of them would ever say a Rob. Just so happens that we do, but um, for me, it's it's uh, you guys alluded to. It. You didn't really like hone in on it though. That Al Robinson is a free agent after this season, and he has an opportunity to stick with Justin Fields. And if Justin Fields isn't it, which I don't think any of us think that, he can choose again where he gets to go. And he he had it a couple of years ago when he uh, left the Jaguars to come to Chicago, and I think we'd all agree that he kind of messed that up. He should have went to Green Bay, but. I, I like that he has his versatility in terms of where he can where he can choose to play after this year. Mike Evans doesn't have that, I don't believe. Um, and you know, Mike he Allen Robinson kind of has two chances at finding that quarterback to to pair up with. Mm-hmm. Where Mike Evans really just has Brady, and then you know by the time Brady leaves and Evans is still there, he might have Kyle Trask on the footballs. So my my uh, preference isn't even on who's a better player or injury history, none of that stuff. I think I think they're literally like even in every single way as players. I just really like Allen Robinson's quarterback situation more. Yeah, it was a great question. Thanks for the question. Thanks for the support. Um, Johnny, what do you got? Want to wrap it up here? Yeah, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Um, again, we appreciate you guys tuning in, taking the time to listen to us. Um, we know we're a little choppy. We're still getting used to the flow of everything, but we're having a lot of fun. We got some really cool stuff planned. We have some rankings we put together. We got a website coming. Um, Nick's writing some really killer articles. We're really excited to share with everybody. Um, again, we're, we're just here to have fun and, and give you guys another perspective and hopefully help you win some leagues. You know, we, we don't really care about the recognition or anything like that. This is just three guys from New York that love football and want to talk bullshit, really. Um, that's all it is. So thank you uh, for the opportunity to listen. And, um, you know, if you guys got anything else for us, otherwise we'll uh, we'll tune out. Yeah, I just um, want to thank everyone yeah, for the support and following, you know. We have our Twitter page. We have our Instagram at Dynasty Dogs FF, both of them. So if you guys want to interact with us over there on the socials, we'll be asking questions. We'll have polls. It'll be a good time. We'll have takes. And then we'll eventually, you know, have the link to our website on there. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. Thanks for tuning in to the second episode. What about you, Con? Yeah. So like you were talking about with our pages, you know, one of us, one of us three is going to be on at like all, at all times. So anybody who wants to just talk with us, you know, talk about a player, talk about um like a deal that's going on. You know, we, we really enjoy talking football. We enjoy talking dynasty football, redraft football, uh, like, you know, and I played O-line in high school. So if you want to talk trenches with me, like, you know, I'm all for that. Anything football, man. I, I love it. So, you know, if you're looking to interact, hit us up. Love interacting with anybody on Twitter, really. And, uh, yeah, so that's it, guys. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, catch you next time.